Star Wars is opening this Friday? You're kidding me. This is the first I've heard of it. Where have I been? Welcome to the Crooked Table Podcast. This is Rob. And this is Kai. So we're recording this a few days before Star Wars The Force Awakens officially hits theaters. And I thought it would be prudent to, you know, sit down and sort of reassess our expectations for the new film. Um, and then, of course, we'll do a uh, we'll do a post-released review um, after the opening weekend to sort of reflect on our thoughts on the film. But, you know, I wanted to get Kai in here to just kind of touch base on what are what are we thinking going into this? Because, I'm, like I said, I'm going to be posting this the day the film comes out uh, nationwide. I don't know if it's worldwide at the same day or if it's sprinkling its international release out a little bit. But, um, that's just mean to other places then, isn't it? Well, sometimes other, other, you know, overseas uh, territories get it first, actually. Well, right, right. But I'm just saying that with Star Wars, I mean, that's mean to make the other countries wait for this movie. Yeah. Yeah. If the U.S. is going to get it first, I mean, geez. (laughs) Make everybody get it at the same time. Make it fair. Everybody's clearly dying to see this movie, so. So let me ask you. Let's first of all, we're gonna. I, I, it makes sense for, for me to start right from the beginning. So what is what are like what are our connections? What are is our experience with this franchise? So for me, I really I I'm 32 and I didn't really even get into this this franchise really until I was in high school with the special editions. So of every all the purists who are like, oh, I want the original, the original untampered with version of the movie, that's actually not the version that I really grew up with. Because I really saw these, I really got involved in this world with the special editions. Even though I, I you know, some of the changes are, are questionable. <clears throat> Greedo shooting first. Um, that's that's kind of the, the version of the movies that I really, really draw, drew me in initially before the prequels. And since then, of course, my fandom has exploded hugely to the point that I have a Star Wars poster I'm staring at right now, a couple other Star Wars like figurines and collectibles, my Blu-ray set sitting over there, a couple of t-shirts in my collection. Uh, so, you know, it's probably, to me, probably the film franchise that I hold closest to me with the only like possible contender really being the Batman franchise, which I also have a poster of on my wall. Um, so so I once I heard about Lucasfilm being purchased by Disney, I was instantly ecstatic. And uh, the fact that everything I've heard about The Force Awakens going into it, from J.J. Abrams coming on board to, you know, news that the original trilogy cast was going to be playing part, uh, taking part in it, and, and John Williams coming back to score it, and all the marketing materials that have come out, I've, I'm really excited and really hoping that this can redeem the franchise uh from the prequels and then and then and that's i feel weird saying that because i'm not one of those people that totally bashes the prequels and thinks they're totally they're totally devoid of any worth whatsoever and like giant pieces of shit i actually am a moderate defender of attack of the clones and like kind of a staunch defender of revenge of the sith minus two or three really awkward moments usually involving anakin and padme um but but yeah, so I, I I sort of see the prequels and the original trilogy in a little bit of equal measure. And I love them all, even though Phantom Menace is admittedly not a good movie. It's sort of like the black sheep of the family that you're like, all right, you're invited to Thanksgiving, but you know, keep your keep your mess to you. keep keep your mess of a life to yourself while you're there. So that's where I'm coming from. So I'm like all excited here and dragging Kai along with me on Friday night. So where what is you know, Kai, what is your connection to the franchise and you know, when did you first see the films and what are your you know, what were your thoughts when you heard that they were making this? Wow, that's a lot of stuff. But one well one question I wanted to ask you though is so you really know about the movies like you didn't really watch the movies until the special editions came out. Did you know a lot about Star Wars before then? Or was it just on like the periphery? periphery? It was mostly on the periphery. I mean, neither of my parents are huge geeks into this kind of thing. I mean, they like Star Wars all right, but it's never, you know, they're not the type of people that like, you know, saw it in theaters and was all about it, that kind of thing. So I didn't really, and I'm the oldest, I'm the older of the two the two kids in the house. So, you know, my brother got into it probably around, you know, around the same time I did. And he's the one that actually dressed as Darth Vader for Halloween and like had the toys and grew up more with the video games and that kind of stuff. And I had played some of the games and I was, of course, familiar with Darth Vader and I'm your father and all that stuff. 
Um, but I mean, I was, I did, didn't really, I don't really remember seeing the movies and then making an impression until actually they announced the special editions. So I guess we're like late, I, I guess by this point, we're probably mid to late 96. And I, my, my parents and I actually rented the VHS copies of the original versions, like all in a weekend, I think, and watched them all pretty much or like, or within a couple weeks of each other or something, I forget. But that was the first time I watched them. And I was like, oh, wow, this, these are actually really good. And then I saw all three of the special editions. So, so yeah, it was a little bit of a late bloomer, I guess, when it comes to my Star Wars fandom. But it's also both me and you, we weren't part of that time. I mean, well, we were when the born, last movie came out, yeah. we were born. We were, we were like. Yeah, the Return Return of the Jedi was in theaters when we were born, actually. So yeah, so so to I wouldn't say that it's accurate to be to say you were a late bloomer because it wasn't part of your. Well, but I mean, as far as a lot of thirty somethings that that you know grew up with it as you know being seven years old and. But maybe that's because of their parents, because that maybe maybe that and that's why I qualified it with the fact that my family like Star Wars was not like a thing in our in our household. Until, you know, I guess until I saw it and then kind of made it a thing, I guess. Right, exactly. So it's like, you know, I was exposed to 80s films in the early 80s because of my parents. I also didn't see any John Hughes movies until the last few years, except for Weird Science. Yeah, so So my parents and my, you know, family friends had exposed me to early 80s movies. But I wouldn't have really known about them unless, and even you even give me a hard time now. We're like, I've never seen them. Like, no, I've never seen that. I know that I was four, but still. Anyway, I digress. So, no, that's an interesting point because that's that's how it was with me. I mean, I my parents weren't really into Star Wars. I didn't even have a television, so we I didn't spend a lot of my time uh, watching TV. So, or, did you grow up in Amish country or what? What's no, um, uh, my parents were hippies and didn't want uh, us to have television. Is that they? Is were they hippies to the point that they were? anti-star wars like that's the, that's establishment we're into like easy rider and no, shit like that no. well well what i uh what i was gonna say is that when i was younger me and my sister used to play with barbies and we had star wars figurines in our barbie kit which i don't know where they came from they must have come from my parents or maybe our parents got them from somebody else but we had like star wars figurines so we had um the, we little, had, the little small ones yeah like three or four inches tall, yeah whatever. so yeah. so we had han solo and definitely Luke Skywalker. But I don't think we had Princess Leia or Darth Vader. I think it was really just Luke Skywalker and Han Solo. So was Barbie the Princess Leia of the group? It sounds like it. No, no. They would be like, um, we had Han, we had Han Solo and Luke, <laughs> Luke Skywalker. We pretended that they were the kids because they were smaller than oh, the Barbies. Okay, that's that's good. Because I was imagining you could be like, oh, Han and Luke, that's the, the, the gay couple that lives next door to Barbie or something. Well, being that young, I don't think I even knew... You know, there were gay people, right. but no, they were like the kids of the Barbies because they were smaller. So we right. had, so we played with Star Wars figurines and I was just like you, I, I knew about, look, I am your father. Yeah, and... that, it was such a prominent thing in pop, I mean, it still is a, such a prominent thing in pop culture that it's like, how do you grow up not knowing Darth Vader and Luke Skywalker and may the force be with you and all that? Because the, the, the funny thing is we both grew up actually with Spaceballs way more than Star Wars, which that's is strange. What, see, and I think that's why... I thought for a long time that Space Walls was very similar to Star Wars, but the, the genius of Mel Brooks is he doesn't do complete satire. Like, he does a satire, but he makes his own story. Right. Unlike a lot of the sat- satirical movies now, they're, they're just frame like, by frame. Hey, well, they're talking about, like, date movie and that kind of thing. Yeah. They're, they're kind of like, hey, remember Paris Hilton? This, this is like Paris Hilton. She says that's hot, and then she goes away. Yeah, right. that's ridiculous. Now, yeah. no, I and it's funny. That's a good point about Spaceballs because I actually, have, you know, I have that on DVD as well. And on the commentary, he even talks about how some people just love the movie as just like a fairy tale type movie and not even really even paying attention to the Star Wars parody elements of it. Um, okay, so so when did you first see the movies? Um, I first saw the movies um, when I was thirteen years old. Oh, so that's around the same time as before me. Before the special editions even were ever going to be released. Right. Um, my mom's boyfriend at the time owned. Well, I guess she owned, I guess my mom owned them, had the three Star Wars movies on VHS, and um, my boyfriend was like, oh, these are such good movies, you should see them. See, he knew, he knew what was up. <laughs> so, because he was the one that grew up on them. So, I was watching them, like, okay, it's all right. And I think by the third one, I didn't even remember what happened. I did even remember, I did know about the Princess Leia and Jabba the Hutt scene. Oh, the Slave Leia thing? Yeah, I already knew Did about I tell that. you that... That, but that's because of friends, I think. Did I tell you? Oh, right. Of course, naturally. Did I tell you that um, reportedly Disney is like squashing the whole Slave Leia thing? Like they're going to remove all of that from like the the, the uh, licensed merchandise and that kind of stuff? 
No. Which I think makes sense. I mean, you know, it's it's kind of degrading to women. I mean, I don't I, in the in the context of the movie, I don't think it's a big deal because you know, she's captive and she rises up and she actually kills him. So in any in in a way it's sort of strangely empowering. Like she's degraded as like a like objectified in Jabba's palace and then rises up and it's like screw you you can't treat me this way and strangles job spoilers i guess but if you're gonna see the force awakens and you haven't seen return of the jedi you you have a problem it's been 30 years people yeah get on it um so yeah they're actually doing that so that's wow. interesting all right well interesting so it's gonna be but it's gonna be taken out of the movie not out of the movie but like they're not gonna really be making toys that are like slave leia they doll. were oh yeah there's figures of her in that outfit and like, oh, oh. Statues well and all i think that that's good because if star wars is also going to be marketed to children right I wonder if it's Kath- the same thing with Fat Bastard from Kathleen House of Powers. Ken- Kathleen Kennedy is like this big time producer in Hollywood. She's actually now like head of Steven Spielberg's wife or something, or something, or worked with him on yeah something. I don't know. Uh, she's actually head of Lucasfilm now, so I wonder if she had you know the fact that there's now a woman in charge, and maybe that maybe that's part of the reason she's like first of all. No more Slave Leia. The fuck is that? Secondly, did I show you? I think I told I did tell you about this that I think Vulture.com. I believe I hope I'm saying the right website. Um, had the video of all the female sp- speaking roles that weren't Leia in the original trilogy, and it was like ninety seconds. Oh yeah, I think you told me. There's that. basically, and and it's all it's like eighty percent uh, Aunt Beru from the first movie being like Luke, Luke, and shit like that. Because there's Please. there's essentially there's Leia, and then with maybe two small, you know, Aunt Beru, and then there's Mon Mothma in Return of the Jedi for like one scene. There's essentially no female presence in those movies whatsoever. Everyone's everybody's a dude. So I wonder if having Kathleen even alien Ke- dudes. Yeah, exactly. I wonder if having Kathleen Kennedy in place sort of helped balance that out a little. She's like, all right, well, we need to modernize this. And now you have Ray is in there, and we have now you have John Boyega to put a little more diversity into it. So it's not all just white men anymore. And um, Felicity Jones is coming in as the lead in Rogue One. That's coming out next year. So that's they're creating a much more uh, multidimensional world as far as like there's women, there's you know black guys, there's Asian people, blah blah. blah but see, which I think to, is good because it reflects in today's reality a little more closely. But to that to the point though, wasn't it also showing diversity just by having an alien species represented? Because it had a lot of aliens in the movie, I guess. which were not considered aliens; they were considered, you know, of that planet. Right, but they just look different than the. Well, but they're humans. not representing representing the diversity of our world. They're well, that's how, that's exactly how I feel about Superman. I mean, what do you mean? What about it? Superman's still an alien. I don't think he, I don't think he represents people on this planet. But they cast a white guy in exactly. That's what I'm saying. So, well. so you think they should cast a black guy as Superman? Is that what you're saying? They sure they could do that they mix too. Mix it up. I mean, but he's still being. I mean, alien. now that's he's not going to happen. Alien. That's not going to happen for another ten, fifteen years when, until they reboot the DC. Because now you got Henry Cavill in place. Oh, they can do what they do with Spider Man and just reboot Switch it again it. after five years. But I don't think that's what we're getting the way off topic. <laughs> I don't think that's DC's plan because they're doing this whole giant like schedule of films. And anyway, back to Star Wars. So, um, so yeah, so that's where you're coming from is just having seen them as a kid and then not really seeing them much until we watched it recently, I guess, right? Right, yeah. I had saw I saw Revenge of the Sith in the movie theater um, when it came out, and that was it. That was my only and you introduction seen, to the prequel. You hadn't seen the other two prequels? No, but I heard they were horrible. At least I definitely heard the first one was horrible. Okay. And um, But I remember, you know, I remember being 14 years old and um, The Phantom Menace was coming out and you have Natalie Portman and... Um, on the cover of Wyatt magazine, her Star Wars gear, and I was like, oh, yeah, her okay. crazy hair and her painted face, and, yeah. yeah. And um, so then, yes, I didn't see them really in their entirety until, and where I actually remember what happened in the original movies until we watched them recently. Okay, so I, I mean, I think it's pretty clear to, to listeners that I kind of I love all the films, even Phantom Menace to a lesser extent, obviously. But three, four, and five are the ones I love the most. I actually like three a little bit more than six. I know that's controversial, but as far as coming coming from coming to the movies with relatively fresh eyes, what was your impression of the saga or the each each trilogy, and what was your favorite and least favorite of the six? Well, my impression of it was, I mean, they're definitely interesting. I I don't honestly. Okay, this might sound blasphemous. And I know I had mentioned this to you during while we were watching the movie, but watching the fourth one or, you know, the original one, 
I didn't really see what the big deal was. I, I was, it didn't, I was actually, I felt a little bit more invested in Attack of the Clones than Wait, I Attack did. Attack of the Clones, this episode two? Yes. I felt wow. more invested in that one because I just felt like, yes, obviously the name of the you movie, You might get some title, angry tweets over I this. know. I know the title of the film was Star, <laughs> it's Star Wars, but I just felt like there was so much on the battle. And me, I don't know, as a female, that just wasn't... Oh, the, it, the Death Star battle? The yeah. End? I just oh. felt like there was so much about okay. that. It just... And that was like the main plot point. Point that just it didn't really engage me. Well, let me much. ask you this: but the second one was. If there were more battle scenes and there were more ladies in the X-wings piloting the ships during the during the battle scene, similar to that, would you be more invested? No. Or would, so it's not that. It's and not I'm not saying all... that Attack of the Clones I like better than all like all the other original movies. You're I'm saying, saying that because I'd seen actions... it at the time. Okay. That was I had only seen the fourth one. And I didn't see the the fifth and the sixth one. Right. So I because we watched them in consecutive we one, order. Two, yeah, we watched them in yeah chronological order, which some people feel like you should go four, five, six, and then flash back to one, two, three. But I don't think that makes any sense. You gave me the option. I did. I was like, which way do you want to watch these? You're like, just to start from the from the beginning, get get it over with. So was that, uh so was your what was was Phantom Menace your least favorite? Like I'm assuming <sighs> it is. I was terrible. Like <laughs> Jar Jar Binks annoyed me. From the get-go. Fun just... fact, fun fact, I actually did like Jar Jar when he first came out. And my first email address ever was jarjar1983 at aol.com. I wonder Until if it still I, works. Uh, probably not. I canceled it a long time ago. So maybe somebody else has it, but I don't think anybody has AOL accounts anymore like that they actively use. Um, so, so yeah, so episode one's your least favorite? Yes. Was there anything about it you enjoyed? The lightsaber battles, at least? Or the lightsaber the battles were good. I liked... I liked um, Qui-Gon Qui-Gon Jinn. Qui-Gon Jinn. I liked him. Too bad that he is, he uh, didn't have a very long time in that movie. Spoilers. Yeah. <laughs> and I liked um, Obi-Wan Kenobi, played by Ewan McGregor. I liked that. Actually, he was a lot more interesting as, as Obi-Wan Kenobi than Alex Guinness was in... Oh, really? Well, because he died. <laughs> like, because he, he was died. more vibrant? Yeah, he yeah, died I mean, in I the guess. first movie, uh, and then he's just a voice. That's not... He's a ghost, though. He's a ghost. He comes back as a force ghost. Come on. Okay, so... What was your of the six? Which one did you like the best? Like, did you did you like did you? What did how did the whole Anakin rise and fall and redemption story work for you? Watching them in chronological order. I think it worked for me. I mean, I'm gonna say what a lot of people say that I don't understand the, the midi chlorides. Mini yeah, mini chlorians yeah. Yeah. No, that's like one of the most. Other than Jar Jar, that's one of the most like maligned aspects of the prequels. Where fans are just like, why did you do that? Because the whole point in the original, well, yeah, but the whole point in the original movie, yeah, is mysticism, and it's it's you know the idea that you're watching this movie, and if you believe in the Force and you train, you could become a Jedi too. But then. Phantom Menace establishes, well, yeah, but you have to have these little things, these little organisms in your body that talk to your cells and tell you the will of the force. Like, why overcomplicate that? Why can't you just let it be the spiritual thing that it is instead of giving it a biological ground, you know, grounding it biologically? Which is why J.J. Abrams has come out and been like, yeah, we're not talking about midi-chlorians. And there's no Jar Jar in this. I'm like, thank God. Um, Whatever happened to Jar Jar anyway? He, They faded him out. Actually, have you heard about the fan theory? Where some people are thinking, you know, George Lucas has said that there were certain plans and things that he had mapped out for the prequel trilogy that kind of changed and got dropped as he went along. And so some fans are speculating, if, what if Jar Jar was actually supposed to be like an evil Sith mastermind? What? Who was pretending to be this idiot the whole time? Oh because there's actually moments where, you know, he's talking to somebody and you see him like moving his hand a lot. So people are like, what if he's like manipulating things from behind the scene? That kind of thing. I mean, it all seems really far fetched to me, but at the same time, that would be that would have been kind of an awesome twist if he's just pretending to be like, oh, Mister Jar Jar Binks. And then at the end, his voice changes and he's like actually working with Darth Sidious the whole time. Because remember, he's the one that gets. That is actually the one that is like, oh, I vote that we give emergency powers to the Chancellor. So he can create this army. And so in a way, it's all Jar Jar's fault. So that actually would have made sense if they would have done that in Revenge of the Sith. But I think even if even if that was the case, and I don't think it was, the fan back, backlash towards Jar Jar Binks was so strong that I think it was just like, yeah, okay, let's not do that. Yeah, and though I didn't see the movie, I, I remember that too, where everyone was talking about Jar Jar. And I also remember 
people talking about how racist the Phantom Menace was. Oh, well, how now that you've seen it. Yeah, yeah. The, the bad that. guys with their Asian accents yeah, and then Watto was... being quasi-Jewish, like the, the cheap like dealer of parts and stuff. I don't stuff, know, or though. But I, I don't know if that was really intentional. I don't George know if it was either. Part. I mean, they're all they're alien creatures. I mean, you're putting, you know, you're but putting... But you can see how some people get yeah, offended oh, by yeah, it, definitely. at least. Yeah, um, yeah, that's why I'm like, okay, I can see why that this is the thought, but I don't think it was intentional. I think it was right. just they're building they um, need l- a character. Right. And then drawing upon um, drawing upon accents and dialects that exist within our world and implanting them within Star Wars to make it seem more diverse. Just like, oh, this planet's all... What do we have here? Rain! This planet's all uh, snow! And this one's all lava! And shit like that, basically. Yeah, exactly. And I think that you see what you want to see. Lana, we yeah. obviously live in a very politically correct um, now, even culture more so. anyway. Now so. it's just ridiculous. Anytime anybody says anything, it's blown out of proportion. Yeah, like what voices was he supposed media. to use for those movies? It's just I think I think the I think the issue is more the way that they lined up with the characters themselves. Like Jar Jar is supposed to be like, oh you saved my life. I don't know kind of following him around almost not like as not a slave, but like he's indebted to mm. the white man type of deal. You know what yeah. I mean? And then Watto being sort of like stingy and like, oh, no, that doesn't matter. Credits don't work out here. Only money and things like that. It's the, it's it's sort of like the, the Power Rangers thing. It's like, oh, the Asian one wears yellow and the black guy wears black and things like that. You know yeah. what I mean? It's just the way it lines yeah. up. That's which what they, they which call Power Rangers braces too. Which they're changing for the new movie. I mean, I, they're, they're mixing it up. So now there's, there is a black guy and there's and there's different ethnicities, but they're not, they don't fall like... In that way anymore. So what? Um, so what nationality, ethnicity is the Pink Ranger then? It's a woman, but I don't. It's. I mean, it's still a woman, but I don't even know if it's a white girl. I don't even know. I forget now. Well, what I mean is from the, the. But the black guy is a Blue Ranger now. Like they're switching it up. It's actually a guy from the guy from uh, Me and Earl and the, and the Dying Girl, which I recently watched. Oh. Um, so yeah, but uh, so what's your favorite of the six then? I did like the third one, Revenge of the Sith. I did like that, and. There were some parts of Attack of the Clones I thought was was nice. Like I liked them in Naboo. It was very visually beautiful, and and definitely the prequels did really well with the set design and and the visuals. I mean, there was a lot of CGI in them, but like Naboo was really beautiful, and how when they went to Mordor, Mordor's Lord of the Rings. <sighs> they did it again. Mustafar. Mustafar. <laughs> I could see how you could get that confused. <laughs> Mustafar. Sorry, listeners. Um, that was very. You know, visually, kind of a, visually, whatever intense yeah, and stuff, yeah, yeah. So that that was really neat. But I, I do think all the CG hasn't has not helped the movies age particularly. No, because well. if you look at Phantom Menace now, you're like, wow, this doesn't look very good. I remember, I remember, I was watching the films recently, and I'm like, wow, this looks like a computer game. Basically, it's just there's just too much CGI, and... which, which is why J.J. Abrams with the Force Awakens is leaning towards more of a balance between practical effects and CG, which it hopefully can avoid that because the original movies. Most of that, they didn't... A lot of it, they didn't really tamper with. Just cleaned it up and removed some, like, matte lines, that kind of thing. But, you know, the attack on the on the Death Star doesn't look that much worse, like, in the old version. It's just kind of cleaned up. And that, a lot of those visual effects hold up today with, you know, with today's technology. Yeah. Because it was practical, because it was miniatures, because it was, you know... Stop, most stop motion doesn't really hold up. But, you know, you get the idea. You're right. So, so go ahead. You were, I think I interrupted you. Oh, no, that's okay. Um, but, and then, uh, and then the fifth one, the, the fifth Empire Strikes Back. Yes. Empire Strikes Back was good too. Okay. Ret- yeah. I think you were like me and you were a little bit, you, I think you felt Return of the Jedi was good, but not, not, it was, it was not nearly as good as Empire Strikes Back. It had all that Ewok mess. Yeah. In Ewoks. I didn't really, and then they were like, had their celebration. They're jumping around in the yeah, forest. I yeah. It's weird. That was just completely ruined the pace of the film. I always thought that the end of the movie, and I I think I put this out on social media like a few months ago, but I always thought the end of the movie, the final shot, should be and it should have been Anakin, Obi-Wan, and Yoda as Force Ghosts, and then sort of ended on there because it's really those three characters that have been there from the beginning, and, and it's Anakin's arc that really rounds things out. Instead, that last shot is the you know Luke, Han, Leia, Lando hanging out with the Ewoks, sort of like smiling like goofballs, like it's a Christmas card. I don't understand why that's the last shot of that movie. But whatever. I digress again. Um, so with Return of the Jedi, we uh, we we last left the story. Um, Vader had ro- risen up. Spoilers, <laughs> risen up against uh, the Emperor. Do that for the oh, uh, yeah, two seconds before I say it. 
had risen up against the emperor and thrown him down that reactor shaft, basically redeemed by his love for his son, um, only to perish himself in, you know, his last moments. You know what? I actually didn't even know that was going to happen. What? That he was going to die? Like, I didn't know that that's how how it went for the longest time. Like, I... Obviously, I knew... Luke, I am your father, and that was I. For some reason, you always, that was the I last always thought movie? that was the last movie. I don't know, like I, because I don't remember the the third movie very well. Right. Especially, you know, I'd only watched it one other time, and I was thirteen years old, and I well, yeah, yeah. To know, but so I thought that was the last, like the last movie, because I thought that was a great way to end the trilogy. No, it there's I a whole other movie. Yeah, in there, yeah, I didn't realize that. Um, you know, Darth Vader died for the love of his son i thought he basically never redeemed himself and he just died bad which evil, is well, so. well the way i see it the the six movie saga is supposed to be the whole story as lucas envisioned it, is the like kind of the life of anakin skywalker and then you see in the beginning of phantom menace not in the beginning of phantom menace but in that movie there's this whole prophecy of this person's going to bring balance to the force and blah 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 and then he ends up turning to the dark side. But ultimately, in the end, he does, you know, sort of bring balance to the Force because he kills, he destroys the Sith. He just had to join them and be evil for 20 years or whatever before he could finally do that. Um, and it's, you know, it's it's this cool, it becomes like, it becomes in a lot of ways a family drama about this father and his son and his children. And like, they, you know, it, it's really a personal story on a, on a, on a certain level. It just happens to be happening in the context of this giant galactic, like, um, space opera, basically. So so we left it there, and then, you know, Han and Leia ended up together, and, you know, um, the Empire was supposedly crushed. So now, in the marketing, it doesn't look like the Empire was was crushed at all. So what, what's kind of your... What's your take on, you know, the, what you've seen in the trailers, and what do you... What do you think? What do you think is going to happen in this next one? Because I mean, there's a lot of rumors and theories and stuff out there, but you know, we just figured we can kind of put our two cents in. Yeah, I mean, I know, I know a little bit about the theories because you've been telling me. Right. Other than that, I don't really, I don't read about it, but I don't know. It could be, it could be possible Luke is bad because we haven't seen anything. We haven't seen him in the posters or any of the marketing other than his hand on r2d2 well we presume that's his hand i wonder if that's misdirection because could be who knows if kylo ren is really as much into the uh you know darth vader's legacy and finishing what he started and all that stuff uh i I don't know i wouldn't put it above him to like cut his own hand off and be like i got a robot hand like darth vader i don't know then why is they he go anywhere R2-D2? i don't no idea i we I'm, i don't know much more than you do honestly i just read more of what other people are thinking and saying well yeah but why would but, but is, is that was a theory that it could no that be was Kyle... me that was me okay. that was me just saying it because we don't we're all assuming that's luke's hand well he needs well i would like to think kylo ren is not um corrupting r2d2 yeah because okay. we obviously know kylo ren is bad Right. Or do we? I don't see. I don't know. The way he's talking in that movie, it sounds like he is. He sounds, we're going to finish what he, what what do you he think, started. What do you think he's, he means by that? Destroy, killing the Jedi? Destroying the Jedi? Or crushing the rebellion? Or It's it's it, it's all very vague right now because we don't know, first of all... Who... He's got Oscar Isaac character. Yeah, I know. What's he doing with Oscar host- Isaac? Uh, you, under you hostage. Just saw, you just saw Ex Machina the other night. So I now, did, now yeah. are you kind of like, hey, leave Oscar Isaac alone. He's a good actor. <laughs> Because <laughs> you hadn't really seen him in much either. Right, right. Um, but, I mean, we don't know. First of all, we know for a fact that Kylo Ren is not his like his birth name. Right. We know that Kylo Ren is... There's actually been talk of this this group called the Knights of Ren that he was a part of at one point. So maybe that's how he learned to use a lightsaber. That kind of thing. So maybe that's some kind of offshoot of Force users. Uh, so there's speculation. We don't know if, that's, if Kylo Ren is actually Han and Leia's kid. If he's Luke's kid, if he's someone else's kid, who he's really working for, how that all... He's working for me. <laughs> I've decided. There you go. So, yeah, so you bring up lightsabers. Yeah. So, at the end of Return of the Jedi, I guess if if they just, you know, destroyed the Empire, and so, you know, Darth Vader, Emperor Palpatine have, the, have lightsabers, and then Luke has a lightsaber, and Luke's now... Somewhere, being bad or hiding or whatever, yeah, in the bathroom. Who he's knows? Getting, 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 he's got a mass. He's got a massive case of the shits. Yeah, for 30 years. exactly. He's like, oh guys, I'm back. What happened? And then, and then the trailer. It looked like it did look like 
um, based on just the, over, the voiceover that Princess Leia was getting a lightsaber. But is that why you think there would be a Knights of Ren? Because if unless they're the only other people that would know how to work a lightsaber, since all those people are now in. Well, as far as as far as we know, I mean, it hasn't been in clear. It hasn't been made clear one way or the other if Kylo Ren is actually a Sith Lord or if he's just some other, you know, some other person who's tied up into the dark side. So I don't, I don't know. I mean, it has been confirmed that that is that that um, Luke's original lightsaber, the blue one from Empire Strikes Back, when Vader's Luke, I'm father, and he's like, "That's impossible!" and he cuts his hand off. That hand with that blue lightsaber. That that blue lightsaber does factor into the plot of this film. And that's probably the lightsaber that Finn is holding in that one shot where he looks like he's about to battle Kylo Ren. So I think there's there's definitely some legacy issues going on there. As if, you know, things being passed down from one generation to the next or, or what, what have you. Um, but, I mean, my theory is, I know in the Expanded Universe, the Expanded Universe is the fan, I don't know, most of our listeners probably knows, but it's the fan term for the novels, the comic books, the video games, all the stuff that, 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 uh, supplementary material for the Star Wars universe that, other than the six films, um, those delve into this rich history where Han and Leia had twins, Jason and Jaina, and then another younger child named Anakin Solo, and Jason and Jaina, Jason ends up turning to the dark side, and Jaina ends up becoming a Jedi. So I'm wondering if Kylo Ren and Rey are actually Han and Leia's twin kids. That's possible. I mean, one thing I wanted to add, though, about um, Kylo Ren is that it's... I think... My theory is I do think Kylo Ren is bad. And the reason why is because... One, because, well... we have He's got a red lightsaber. Yeah, we have to have another Darth Vader, you know. Or something, yeah. Yeah. Um, But it's because... When everything was happening in Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi between Luke Skywalker and Darth Vader, that was a family drama. You know, it was kept inside the family. Nobody else outside of that knew what was going on with, you know, with the fact that that, yeah. was, uh, Darth, that was Luke's son. They didn't realize that they had patched things up. So as far as they know, you know, um, they Darth Vader needs to be redeemed for not getting to finish the job. That's my theory. Right. No, that's, I was actually, I've actually been thinking something serious, uh, similar, and they've been dealing with this a lot actually on Star Wars Rebels. I haven't s- seen season two yet. I'm not caught up, but I've seen season one. And in season two, they deal with, from what I've seen, they deal with the fact that Anakin on the Clone Wars show, and by the way, uh, when Lucasfilm bought, uh, was bought by Disney, Disney re- released, you know, had a press release put out that said that none of the other, like I was just saying, the expanded universe, none of that is considered canon, which means it doesn't like count. It's not. It's not. It's not considered actual story that that fits with the films. It's not considered part of the chronology of the story, except for the Clone Wars and Star Wars Rebels, and now the new stuff that's been coming out. So. I'm thinking that they're really going to do a lot to tie in Clone Wars and Rebels to the movies. So in Star Wars Rebels, Anakin's former Padawan, Ahsoka Tano, who's the teenage girl that he was training during the Clone Wars, and she, you know, she was his apprentice. She learns for the first time in season two of Star Wars Rebels that Darth Vader is actually Anakin Skywalker, which leads me to believe something that I've that thought for a long time. It's like once that happened and. Order 66 was went out there and the Emperor and Vader wiped out all these Jedi across the galaxy. Does anybody other than like Obi-Wan and Yoda really know that Anakin Skywalker is Darth Vader and therefore any of the connections between the other people? You know what I'm saying? What? No. Can you, can you clarify that more? Like, I don't think anybody, as far as most people knew, Anakin Skywalker probably got killed with the rest of the Jedi in Order 66. Because it doesn't take very long for him to have to put on that costume and to assume a new name. Okay. So, so nobody, a lot of, the, the the galaxy in general probably doesn't even know that Anakin Skywalker did not die, that he actually turned to the dark side and has became Darth Vader. That's a really, okay. Yeah, which, that's which, a really good point. Build, which would build more onto what you're saying. Right. 
Yeah, because Darth Vader became more of a... Luke didn't even iconic. learn it until then. So right. I, I, it's not. it doesn't seem to me that in the Star Wars universe, it doesn't seem like it's common knowledge that, oh, Anakin Skywalker... Oh, right, because Obi-Wan Kenobi went into hiding. Right. And so did Yoda. Right. So, yeah, that's true. And Mace Windu had already died. And... But I, and Kathleen Kennedy has gone has has said that the main Star Wars movies, Star Wars Episode Seven and Eight, Nine, that kind of thing, what distinguishes them from the spinoff films like Rogue One, like the Han Solo movie that we're getting, is that it, it does continue the story of the Skywalker clan. Like it does, it's going to like you were saying, it's like the prequels are about Anakin Skywalker. The original trilogy was about his kids, so I'm assuming this would be about the next generation. Which is why I really think that Ray and Finn, not Finn, that would be weird. <laughs> Ray and Finn, I mean, not that that would be weird, but if, I don't know how you get Harrison Ford and Carrie Fisher and then get John, Boy John Boyega out of it. Um, Adoption. I, I guess, but they're not the biological, at least. But that's why I really think that Ray and Kylo Ren are going to be Han and Leia's kids. Like, I really think that's going to happen. And just because the expanded universe isn't canon doesn't mean they can't draw inspiration from it and use elements of it for the film. They're just not saying this is exactly what happened. Because if they do that, then where do they where are they going to go with the movies? But see, okay, so it's like that's it's a good like point. it's like comic books. Like if they make a Spider-Man movie, they can draw inspiration from the comic books, but they don't have to be like this is exactly what we're doing. But doesn't that also piss piss fans sometimes, off? Sometimes, but I mean, you know, it's also you have to learn. It's no, there's an art in adaptation. You can't you you can't tell that necessarily that exact same story. You have to condense it down into a two hour format, right? Which Marvel has been doing a really good job with for the most part with their films, right? Well, one thing, one point though to to your theory, and I you know I could agree with that, is that um, growing up though, you would think that if Kylo Ren really is um, Leia and Hans son that he would have already known about Anakin Skywalker being Darth Vader would have already known that that things were fine with with Luke and Darth Vader and right so you think he would have known those things from his own mother who was you know Darth Vader was would have been his grandfather right I should say okay Anakin would have been his his grandfather so I would like to think that he at least knew something so maybe with that being said maybe he is going to he's maybe trying to help with things that he's doing in his own way. Maybe he's he's his own rebel. The other thing that to, to take into account too is that from what I've heard, Kylo Ren is working with Supreme Leader Snoke, who I guess is is like the new like emperor type figure and that's he's that's Andy Circus play that's the one you hear in the first teaser, Andy Circus's voiceover. He's you, he's brought to life via motion capture because of Sandy Circus, so naturally um, so some people are speculating that what if that guy is actually Darth Plagueis, who was uh, Darth Sidious's master that he thought he killed in his sleep, and he's actually been pulling the strings all along from behind the scenes. What? Oh, do you remember? You remember oh, Revenge of the Sith? Yeah, and he was telling the story about how like, oh my, my master, and you know, telling about his own story basically, and how he killed his his master in his sleep and that kind of thing. So you're so there's theories that that's Darth. That Supreme Leader Snoke, this new character that's been lurking in the background, that that might actually be Darth Plagueis, sort of running shit, like and then survived the attempt on his life by Sidious. But wouldn't he way have passed away? I mean, who knows? These aliens could be. No, Yoda was nine hundred years old. That's true. Died. So I mean, it's it's true. that's yeah, that's true. the magic of fantasy slash sci-fi, since Star Star Wars is sort of a hybrid. Is that you could be like, nope, you can live to be fifteen hundred years old. It's all good. So. uh... So that's something to keep into account. Maybe Kylo Ren, in his mind, maybe, maybe he's trying to finish the Sith off, like like his grandfather Anakin, who became Darth Vader, was was trying to do initially back in the day before he got corrupted. I mean, we don't know. That's the good thing. That's the great thing about the marketing is that they're giving us all these images and moments that we're like, holy shit, I want to see that. Holy shit, I want to see that. But they're not telling us this is what's going on. Not like Batman versus Superman, which looks like they just gave away the whole movie in that trailer. Um. But yeah, so the chances that somebody is, that everyone is going to make it to the end of this movie is not very good. So who do you think is going to bite the bullet by the, by the end of the movie? I, I have my... Carrie Fisher. Really? Yeah, because she, I think she's coming back more as, like, as respect, out of respect. And I think it's just, it's like we've talked about before with some of these other movies where they're, with like X-Men, for example, where they're doing, having more, they're doing like a timeline 
So now with X Men Apocalypse, it's just going to be all, just all the to be for all. Yeah, it's just all the older characters that are now younger. So I think it's going to be something like that too. That's more just out of respect, whether she dies or she just decides that she doesn't want to have war anymore. I don't see Carrie Fisher coming back, and you probably you probably know more than me. I don't see Harrison Ford coming back either. I've you know, I've heard that he's kind of already didn't want to do this movie in the first place. Like he's already been well, I don't backed know. out of it a couple times. He backed out of the I think original he was too. The, I think well, in it, it's uh, he's famously he famously was t- talking to George during the making of Return of the Jedi, being like, "We need to kill this guy. He's got no no place here." And then thought that would give him something like interesting to play. And I think I guess George Lucas was against that. So I wouldn't be surprised if he if Harrison Ford, who I believe was probably one of the last ones to really be confirmed of the main three, um, that he's one we su- see a lot of in the trailer. Well, because but see, okay, that that goes into what I'm about to say. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he's like, oh, I'll come back, I'll come back for this one, but just this one. Like I don't want to be playing this again for another ten years. I already did that, you know, and that would also to me really play into why he's so prominently used in the trailers and the poster. I mean the poster has Harrison Ford like right in the freaking middle, right next, with Carrie Fisher right next to him. But Harrison Ford and Han Solo being such an iconic presence in these films and being so so looks like he's going to be in this movie a lot, I will be super surprised if Han Solo does not die at some point in this movie. Carrie Fisher I think they might hold on to just because if this story really is about the Skywalker family She's part of that, just as as Luke is. So I feel like you might need them, you know, maybe she'll die over the course of this trilogy in the next one or whatever, or maybe even have cameos in the next couple movies. But I think I think it's worth enough keeping her around, especially if Luke isn't in this movie as much as, like, like you know, just because he hasn't been in the marketing, I don't really think he's going to be in it very much. Like, I think he'll be in it, obviously, because it's been confirmed, but... I don't think he's going to have that much screen time. I think it's mostly just it's mostly going to be to answer questions and then to tease into the next movie more than anything. How else. many movies has he signed on to do? Well, I think I read that he's coming back for episode 8. But uh that's all I know so far. I mean, they could pull an Obi-Wan and kill off him, kill him off in this one and then have him show up in cameos in the last next As couple. As a force ghost? I guess, yeah. Oh, jeez. So, I don't know. But I, I, I think Han Solo is probably most likely to not make it through this. Yeah. Um, I think Carrie Fisher, like I said, I think we, I want to see her interact with Luke. That's her brother. And especially if, if, if like, if, if Kylo Ren is Han and Leia's kid and Kylo Ren kills Han Solo. His dad? Oh, my gosh. might happen. I don't know. That's I'm depressing. speculating. Because, I mean, this this whole thing is a family drama. I mean, Luke, uh, not Luke, Vader tortured his daughter in episode four and then cut his his son's hand off in episode five. But, but to his credit, though, did he know that was his daughter in episode four? Not at the time. Okay. But oh, that, who's to say that Kylo Ren knows that Han Solo is his dad? Maybe he, maybe he was stolen away when he was a kid and yes, grew up some, thinking his, he was totally that's something true. different. It could be like an Oedipus thing, like he ended up, and not Oedipus in that he married his mom, but Oedipus in that Oedipus, the story, the, the tragedy of, of Oedipus is that he ran away from home because he was told that he was he was going to kill his father and marry his mother, and he ends up doing that exact same thing, like accidentally, not even realizing that's what he's doing. So it could be like that. Oh, wow. And maybe Kylo Ren could be redeemed by the end of the trilogy. I don't know. I'm just, this is, obviously. Just like his, just like his we grandfather. Haven't, we haven't, yeah, exactly. We haven't seen this movie yet, because it's, right now it's Monday the 14th, and we still have a few days till this, till this comes out, but as we're posting this, people will have already seen it. Uh, so, I mean, we're just talking out of breath. If this here. movie was premiering in Australia, yeah, they would already be seeing it. Well, but I mean, if we're, I'm posting this on Friday. When the movie comes out, people will have seen it in the midnight screenings the night before, and like I think they even have they have showings as or at least locally as early as seven seven thirty on Thursday night. So people will already know the answers to this, and they'll be yelling at their speakers, being like, "You idiots! That's not what happens at all. You don't know." I'm like, no, I don't know, not yet. Or they'll be like, "Oh my gosh, she's so right." Maybe, maybe we are really on point. So I mean, mostly, mostly my expectation is that it continues, it does justice to these old characters. And if, if Han Solo dies or if anything crazy happens with Luke, as long as it's done in a way that's befitting the, the story and the characters and, and doesn't like violate any of the, you know, the, the other previous films, 
like with a totally uncharacteristic turn. Um, I'll, I'll be fine with it as long as it feels earned. And uh, I, I mean, I already like what I see so far from Finn and, and Rey and, and some of the new characters. I'm excited to see that. And I think it's cool that Rey seems like she is going to be our Luke Skywalker. She is going to be like the main focus of this trilogy. So what's so what's Finn's story? We we haven't really done any theories on who he is other than a stormtrooper. Well, I've heard I've heard rumors that he's connected to some characters from the original trilogy, um, but I mean, based on the trailers, we know that we know that he was a stormtrooper and sort of defects from the first order. I, I guess and joins the resistance at some point because we see him and Ray talking to Han. What I don't understand though is why are there stormtroopers still? I thought that well, we don't know what happened. At the end of the, um, after Return of the Jedi, when Emperor Palpatine passed away. I mean, sometimes when a dictator is taken out, someone just comes up and rises and takes That's his true. place. See? So, they should have followed the Mockingjay <laughs> way. No spoilers there. Yeah. Well, my, my review of Mockingjay Part 2 is finally up on CrookedTable.com, so you people should check that out. Um, so, I mean, mostly that's what I'm just hoping, that it, it captures the spirit of the of the original films and that sense of adventure but and... and fun without being like too dark and too overbearing um and really being inspiring again because that's what the original that's what it's so great about the original movies like you watch that and you come out of the theater just like exhilarated by being told a great story and it's just pure escapism and um i'm really just hoping that this that this one is is, is better than the prequels actually it, actually even if it's better at least better than the first two prequels i'll be fine with that because i actually like i said episode three is is one of my is, is actually higher on my list than most people. Um, so that's what I'm hoping for. And, you know, we're going to see it on IMAX. Like, not crappy fake IMAX. Like, real giant IMAX. Like, dome theater IMAX. So that that should be amazing. And I, I'm, I'll be sitting there, like, peeing myself in excitement, I'm sure. So what is kind of your... What are you exper- expecting to feel in the theater? I mean, granted, you're not going to be... I'm going to feel your pee. <laughs> <laughs> Under my uh, feet. Uh, sorry. <laughs> uh, I apologize in advance for that. Then. No, I mean, obviously, you're not as invested in this franchise as I am. But, you know, what kind, what are you, what kind of movie are you expecting to see? No, just on a basic, like, you know, sensory level. Like, what, what are you expecting to walk out of there bummed out or exhilarated or disappointed or you know excited to see what happens next or you know all of the above maybe the different moments yeah maybe different moments i mean it's it kind of reminds me a way of a popcorn flick but not not in the same the same way like i think it's a movie for fans to go in and have a good time and get excited and um and know that there's gonna be another one coming Another year from now. Well, next year is now. an anthology, like anthology standalone ones. But then, so I guess twenty seventeen will be episode eight, which Ryan Johnson is signed on to direct. He's a Looper guy. Yes, he's the Looper guy. So, and we liked his movie a lot, his last one. So I'm excited about that even more than I am about this one. Almost. That's interesting. That's an interesting choice because he has a very yeah different eye mm-hmm. for film than J.J. Abrams. I mean, J.J. Abrams is a, was a good um, contender for this one because well, he, he did the same thing for Star Trek. Well, that's why you like Star Trek. Better. I, yeah, I'm not even. Uh, you know, I'm not even a. Star, I'm not a Star Trek fan. I'll just. I'll throw that out there. I'm not really. Not. I don't have anything against it. It's just I never got into it, and I never really had much interest in getting into it. But although I do like the new Abrams movies, so I, I guess I like his take on classic sci-fi properties. Um, and then Colin Trevorrow, the guy that directed Jurassic World, is doing episode nine. See, this so is they what have, happens they have when you make filmmakers. blockbuster films. Those people well, are like, that hey, movie, that I made a, over a billion dollars. That was a huge movie, Jurassic World. That up to now, that's the highest grossing movie of the year. Not for very long, because by the time people will be hearing this, it'll be well on its way to not being second. Um, so you, th- so the the theory is though that this, the Force Awakens is going to beat all records I of think all time. Not on, not adjusted for inflation. I- because believe it or not, Gone with the Wind is still the highest grossing movie of all time, adjusted for inflation. Because I mean, it came out in 1939, and you know, tickets were what, but a nickel or something. So adjusted to ten dollars, and I guess everybody on the planet would see that like many times over. But I mean, not adjusted for inflation, I could easily see this being beating Avatar, and making what did that make? Six hundred million, something like that. Yeah. I, James Cameron seven, beat maybe, himself maybe even again. seven, maybe even seven hundred. I don't know. I mean, this is gonna make this is gonna break records for the opening weekend, opening week, opening night. This is gonna because as you're seeing, you know, I don't think last time Star Wars was as this Star Wars was as this as 
as big a deal as it is now was in 1999 when Phantom Menace came out. But you weren't with me yet, so you weren't experiencing, like, be like, check this out, this trailer, look at this people thing, look at this thing, look, Star Wars is everywhere. Oh, and he also was no YouTube back then either. There wasn't social media either. Star Wars has been constantly trending on Instagram and Tumblr and Facebook and Twitter and all that stuff for a while. Um, Merchandising is crazy. Everywhere we go... There's any, merchandise. Any store you go into, pretty much, yeah. There's it's Star like, Wars something. It's like I was saying we were watching the trailer, I already feel like I saw this movie because <laughs> I see the merchandise everywhere. You're I'm like, like I don't even Ren. know who this girl is that plays Rey, but I'm tired of looking at her. I see a lot of the Kylo Ren and a lot of BB-8. Yeah. That's the biggest. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. We need to get our BB-8 Christmas ornament. I don't see as tree. much about Rey. Ray stuff. I see her a lot. Her really? and her and Finn are, seem like they're like the two main heroes of this but movie. She's like a regular person. BB-8 is a cute little robot that looks like a Roomba. Yeah, he does. Moves he around. around. There's and... actually been rumors. I don't know if this is confirmed or not because I'm. I don't. I don't want to like say it definitively. But I've heard that BB-8 might actually be a female character. Oh, nice. But I don't haven't heard. I haven't seen that confirmed one way or another. So we'll see. But and then the, and that makes sense because is BB-8 gonna date R2D2? That'd be crazy. That would make sense, though. That makes sense that you'd see merchandise everywhere because, I mean, a Star the original Star Wars was really the blow-up of, of toys, lunchboxes, clothes, Halloween costumes. That was where that this whole summer blockbuster entertainment And that's why you said does anyone really buy this, uh, Lucasfilm I mean, they because make, of the merchandise? They're going to make more money with merchandising than this movie will in the long run. They probably like already this, are. This movie will probably hit, will easily hit a billion dollars, maybe a billion and a half, if, especially if it's going to hit the... The numbers that I think it's going to hit. Um, but they'll make that from all the sales of all the stuff right now. In fact, they could I've heard, I heard that way. they haven't even been spent. They haven't even spent that much comparatively considering how huge a movie this is. They haven't really even spent that much on the marketing budget because they just have promotional deals. And that's like free market. They, that's, that's like free promotion for them. What do you mean by marketing deals? With the promotional deals. So Coca-Cola, put Star Wars on your shit. Oh, Cheerios! Exactly, cereals yeah. and and like everywhere we go. I mean, we were going to uh, we were at Barnes and Noble and they had a whole section of Star Wars stuff that I spotted from across the way. So JC like, Penny, hey, Star Wars pajamas. Everywhere, every store you go has some manufacturer making some kind of Star Wars product. So yeah. Disney's making so much money just licensing out and like here, do the Star Wars thing. And all so many companies are lining up to do anything Star Wars because they know it will sell because people love this franchise that much. So gummy snacks. Going back to my... Well, yeah, exactly. Going back to my point from a couple minutes ago. Did you realize until this point how, like, huge this franchise is and how, like, everywhere it is and how beloved it is? Probably... I mean, it's not the the highest grossing um, film franchise anymore because... it's not adjusted for inflation, that kind of thing. Right now, I think it's, right now it's Marvel Cinematic Universe because they've had like eleven movies that are all made, you know, eight hundred million. And a three D helps too. Yeah, yeah, that does. So, did you realize? Did you realize that Star Wars was this, this powerful a pop culture force? Pun intended. I mean, I, I did to some extent because Star Wars has been a part of my life forever. Because and, and you're not even a much, and you're not even like a hardcore Star yeah, Wars fan. You're exactly. like. Would you consider yourself like a casual Star Wars fan? You're like, I watch them. They're good. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'll but I'm you. not really a big movie fan in general, though. That's why it's interesting that's when true. I'm on these podcasts. Cause... Well, but but that's good, though, because then listeners get me being like, I'm so excited. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. But Kai, what did you think? And then you get to be like, well, I'm here with the more rational perspective because I could just watch this movie as a movie and not necessarily like a life-changing event. Right. But, I mean, Star Wars has been a part of my life forever, but... um. So, and I, you know, I, I've known people that have been big fans of Star Wars and, but yeah, I guess I didn't realize how big it was. I mean, I thought, I guess, honestly, I thought that Star Wars was one of those subcultures. Yeah, no. Yeah, you know? Because, you know, I go to, you right. know, you go, to, it's like Rocky Horror where people go and they oh, dress yeah, up. Yeah. I mean, I thought it was something like that. And then when I, you know, now with this, where I see... Every it, single person I know that loves Star Wars and they're going to the theme, you know, they're going, um, oh, you'll see, Star Wars you'll see on like and, Friday over the weekend, you'll see everybody checking in and theater. But then again, you also gotta take into account that we're also in geek culture now. Every geek is not subculture anymore, it is well, the I have culture. That, I have my, my, uh, top 10 comic book movie list that's on crookedtable.com. I have it titled Geek is Good. 
because it really, I mean, everything now that used to be like 20 years ago was sort of like, uh, I don't know if I feel, I don't, I don't know. That's, that's, that's for nerdy people or whatever. Star Wars, superheroes. Star Trek still. S- Star Trek still. I mean, comic books, technology, uh, video games, all of this is like mainstream. And now people look at you weird if you're like, what? You don't like Marvel movies? What the hell's wrong with you? Well, I think really, I think the, what is to blame for that, um, is Best Buy with Geek Squad. Really? When they coined that Geek Squad as, you know, there were the geeks that were good with technology, that it kind of made, in a way made geek culture. Legitimized a little yeah, bit? Yeah, because I mean, that's sure why he's going around being like, Geek Squad, Geek Squad, we're geeks, we're geeks I with think technology. More, it's interesting, too, because all those things, It's what how, what's going on is that you're seeing people that grew up with all those things... You know, in their early stages, because our parents, when our parents were kids, the only like comic book or geeky related thing they had was like you know Flash Gordon, the, the old Flash Gordon, or you know the the, the, the black the black. Well, no, I'm saying I'm even saying that. that by that time our parents were in their twenties. I'm saying no, I when mean, they the were Flash kids. Flash Gordon. Oh, okay, I was the Star Wars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man. I got you. Um, or like you know those old Ray Harryhausen movies with like you know stop motion dinosaurs and that kind of thing, or the the George Reeves. Superman television series. This is what they had. But when we grew up, you know, when 30 some 30 somethings grew up, we had Star Wars, we had, you know, the real we had Bat we had uh Michael Keaton Batman. Like pop culture was really already gearing towards this type of thing. And you're seeing now people the beginning of the creative people that grew up with that with all these different uh geek heavy elements in their childhood now growing up and directing a Star Wars movie and directing, you know, Marvel characters in films because these people grew up with this type of thing. I've, I can't tell you how many times I, I read something or listen to a podcast and someone that's directing, you know, the, like, for example, Ryan Coogler, the guy that directed um, the Creed movie that just came out. He grew up with Rocky. That was like a thing that he had with his dad, that they went to see the Rocky movies together. And it was like a huge part of his childhood, the way that Star Wars is for a lot of people. So he grew up wanting that, like, and he basically willed that movie to happen this this creed movie to the point that then it was he his take on it was so fresh and so so like awe-inspiring that he was able to get Sylvester Stallone to be part of the project and now he's probably going to win an Oscar for reprising the role he played like 40 years ago almost and isn't that interesting how that happens i mean we have friends that they have made they've now made their livelihood you know being star of uh, being part of yeah. the star wars experience yeah it's like i love this film so much I'm going to make this part of my life and part of what I get paid for. You know, I mean, they're taking that Confucius quote to a whole new level. I mean, that, and that's ultimately, I mean, that's the dream to take your passion and do something with it. And that's what, I mean, that's what you're doing every day is you're, you're writing about the things that you care about and that's pop culture and movies. Yeah. And you're, you know, you're getting paid for it and you're talking about it right now. And that's exactly. So there you go. There so you yeah, go. geek culture is in geeks are now cool. Cooler than me, because I'm not a geek. I don't I don't know what I geek out over, so you geek out over office supplies and that's true. tofu and random but, things that most people are like you're you're, but geek, but you're the real subculture. Is not a, is not a, but not you're a the subculture real, though. Tofu is. Oh yeah, I know. <laughs> you're the real subculture. You're like, I thought Star Wars was subculture. I'm like, I don't think you know anything about Star Wars then. <laughs> so any final thoughts as uh as we wrap up this one? No, I think we said a lot, and we'll just continue continue this discussion after the movie. Yeah, so uh, Star Wars The Force Awakens, I could say this because by the time I post this, it'll be true. Star Wars The Force Awakens is now in theaters. Go check it out. Let us know what you what you think. You can reach me on Twitter at Crooked Table. And you can reach Kai, me, at The Vault Key LLC on Twitter. Um, also like us on Facebook. Um, visit crookedtable.com for all our latest articles. This episode I'm putting up um, the day that Star Wars The Force Awakens hits theaters. Uh, we will have a follow-up episode that will come out on the following Monday, so uh, the 21st. So keep, an, keep a lookout for that. If, you know, it might already be posted, depending on when you're listening to this. Uh, but yeah, let, let us know what you thought of the movie. I, I would love nothing more than to get into a spirited discussion with, uh, with some Crooked Table But no spoilers listeners. before Friday. Well, but they won't hear this till Friday. Right. Okay. So we should be good. <laughs> okay. Unless I post this Friday morning and then people right. are like tweeting That's what at I'm me saying. like, I can't believe this happened. I'll be like, oh, not yet. I haven't gone yet. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So no spoilers until Saturday. Right. Until okay. Saturday. There you go. 
Till Saturday. Thanks, everybody. So, yeah. <laughs> I hope you guys enjoyed this episode of the Crooked Table Podcast. Uh, stay tuned for part two of this as Kai and I go over our reaction to the film. Detailed analysis. I'm going to make her get as geeky about it as I possibly can. So, uh, until next time, we'll catch you guys later. Roll credits. This has been a production of CrookedTable.com. All rights reserved. That's the yard of the low KED.